Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. And there's no annual contract. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay, his over there in the six. What's going on, baby? Chilling, man. Ready to talk uh, talk some Rockets hoops with our Summer League insider we got on today. Oh, yeah, baby. You already know we got a good Summer League insider today. But before we check into the guests, let me talk to my guy. Let me talk to my bro. JR, Jenner, how you doing, bro? Doing good, man. I'm excited to be back. Had to take a little hiatus for work, which was tough, but I'm excited to be here talking hoops with you guys. And, you know, what a better way to get back than to talk about the Rockets. We've been a really polarizing team over the last couple of seasons, you know. I mean, they were fighting for championships. Now they became a lottery team. So it's a lot of back and forth. It's going to be a really interesting, uh, interesting conversation today. This is going to be a really interesting conversation today, and we knew that, so we knew we had to come correct, and we had to find a great guest, man, someone who who knows their sources. They don't just they don't just say things out of out of BS, man. He knows what he's talking about. So we had to bring Nima on the show today. Nima, we are very happy to have you on the show. I don't know if you want to introduce yourself to the fans, say a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, my name is Nima Javadzada. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at finding Nima twenty three. Um, I'm a student at. Uh, I'm a sport management student right now, um, getting my master's. Um, I was actually at the summer league part of SBC sport business classroom. Uh, and I'm a reporter for Apollo Houston at Apollo Houston. I'm also the, uh, host of the Gen Z Rockets podcast. So you can find that, um, you know, all streaming platforms as well. Not YouTube, though. We don't do it all. We do it most. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Well, definitely, man. If the fans, uh, if you guys want to go check out uh, Nima's podcast, it, it's Gen Z Rockets podcast, man. Like how Nima said, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all that, man. So uh, if the fans, if you guys have already did that, man, and you guys already like, comment, subscribe to our channel, man, I think that it's a good time for us to get into this Rockets talk. You guys ready? Yeah, it is. Do it. Let's born ready <laughs> let's do it let's, <laughs> let's do this so nima the first question we like to ask all our uh fans here for this team interviews is nima as a rockets fan are you content with the way the year went uh i mean you know from the beginning you know looking at how last season and let's not even start with last season let's start with two seasons ago right um so in the bubble i think the rockets did pretty well the small ball like experiment was an experiment um it worked for some teams the lakers weren't the team for it to you know go up against russ was injured coming straight off of covid 
Um, and I think they made a really good move kind of moving off of Covington, who he was one of our more consistent players, but you get a young guy in Christian Wood who is really blossoming. You have him to pair with uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And, okay, so there's all this turmoil that's ha- happening. Daryl Morey leaves. Mike D'Antoni leaves. Um, you need a new coach. You need a new GM. Rafael Stone, who I'll be honest, I didn't really like the signing at first because I thought they, they really wanted to, you know, blow it up, start new, you know, really kind of get a new front office. And Rafael Stone had been working under Morey for a long time, uh, but he had a whole different vision for the team, which is, you know, great to know. And I don't think a lot of fans really knew that going into the season. Um, getting Steven Silas, who is an offensive genius, uh, has worked really well with a lot of young players throughout his career. I mean, Kemba Walker, uh, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Luka Doncic, like these are all guys who are at the top of their games day in and day out. Hopefully he can get one of our young guys to be that kind of player as well. Um you know, you bring in this kind of like front office around. And I think that that was a good environment to really set a new tone, um, especially, you know, even if you kept Russ and kept James Harden. Things didn't work out that way. So I, I think if you asked me this question in like, you know, October and said, hey, this is how the season's going to play out, would you be happy with that? I'd probably say no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with the way things kind of went, um, I guess, I mean, the only thing, maybe you want the first pick other than the second pick. Um, I think, you know, we could have ended up being probably a play-in team. I think if thing, if we stayed healthy, we went on that six-game win streak and then Christian Wood turned his ankle and we didn't know how to play without Wood. And that led to just a lot of problems. You start losing, people get unhappy, people start sitting, more injuries start happening and uh, it just kind of was like one domino after another, and it was just a really bad season. But, um, you know, maybe if we stay healthy, we're like a play-in team. But am I, you know, happier being a play-in team with what would have been the 18th pick, so like Trey Mann, <laughs> and being like, oh, well, we almost made the play playoffs. Or like, you know, being a the, being like one of the worst teams, but having a really nice young core that we can be excited for. So for the most part, I'm pretty happy about it. Okay. And you know, Nima, like, like how you said, it was a real experimental uh, seasons. And, and, you know, as we know, like experiments don't always work out and, you know, it didn't work. It didn't end up working out this, this year, you guys uh, like how you said, had a, a, one of the worst records at 17 and 55. But Nima, it's okay. It's okay because you know why? In nineteen in nineteen eighty two and eighty three, you guys also had an extremely bad season. But there's hope because that bad season landed you Junior's favorite player, Hakeem Olajuwon. So that leads you to my next point, Nima. My next point to you: this bad season that you guys just had, like how you just talked about, led you instead of getting the eighteenth pick, you got in my opinion, the rookie of the year, the most offensive ready player in Jalen Green. So, so Nima, talk to me, just go ahead and give us a freaking Rockets Jalen Green overload. If you want, just talk to us all about how you feel about Jalen Green. Do you think he's going to be rookie of the year and, and weaknesses, strengths and all of that? And also yeah. why you think he's better than Kate Cunningham? I want to hear <laughs> from your perspective. Um, so I'll start because you like you mentioned the Hakeem thing. It's actually cool. Every year that like a Rockets legend leaves, 
Like we have like one dual year and then the next year like a new legend comes in. Like we went from like Hakeem to uh, up until I believe 2001 and then 2001, 2002, no, I mean, we had Steve Francis. Um, but then 2002, we get Yao Ming, then 02 to 11 and then 11, 12, nothing. 12 to 21, we have uh, Harden. And then, you know, maybe next year we have somebody new. Um, I, when we got the second pick, um, initially I had thought like, okay, maybe Evan Mobley. And I started doing like a lot of draft scouting stuff this year. Uh, you guys can find my big board on Twitter. Uh, I worked pretty hard on that. So <laughs> go check that uh, out. <laughs> a little plug. Um, but, uh, at first I thought, you know, maybe Evan Mobley for the second. I honestly flip flop between the two for, um, but what really got me is just like Jalen Green's attitude. And I know that's like kind of a stupid thing to say, but like it, it carries over. Like this guy goes out there and you can like the way he plays, the energy he plays with, like we saw Scotty Barnes get picked at the fourth pick with, you know, he has great defensive skill offensively. He's nothing really. Uh, he's a really good passer, but like he's just a transition player. Um, I love him, and I think he's going to be one of the better players in this draft because of his energy. He got drafted fourth because of his energy. You see him dunk on somebody, he starts screaming, and it, they'll be down like eight, or it'll be like the second play of the game. Like from minute one to minute 48, he's playing at like full tempo. I think the thing with Jalen Green is like he kind of plays not to the the intensity of Scotty Barnes, but like he still plays to that kind of like level of like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be better than the guy ahead of me. I'm going to like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the best player on the court where I think Evan Mobley, like he might think that and he might, you know, be, that's how he wants to do, but he doesn't, it, it doesn't exude in how he plays. Um, and so I think that's like the one thing is whenever people talk about like, oh, like mentality, like, oh, he's like quiet or he's laid back or something. It's like as long as his play style laid back, like if he's taking over a game, I don't care if he like doesn't, you know, react to things. But um, like Jalen Green actively will take over games with like the way he plays on offense. And I think that's like just what's polarizing. Um he also, and you know, you got to remember it's a business <laughs> um, and the Rockets aren't the most, uh, let's find well-financed teams. Uh, we're kind of lacking and also eat at Landry's to everybody listening. Uh, <laughs> but like if, um, you know, Jalen Green's very marketable. He, he comes with the glitz and glamour. We saw how, how he came into the NBA draft with the diamond studded suit and, you know, the grill that he already got. I absolutely love it. He's embracing Houston like immediately. Um, he's marketable. Like he, he's going to bring in a lot of money to the team. He's going to put butts in seats. He's going to get jerseys sold. There's already people buying Jalen Green jerseys in Houston. Like everybody's obsessed with him. Um, so like he's going he's gonna to be the guy. Now in terms of Cade Cunningham or Jalen Green, you're putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I do think Cade Cunningham was the better prospect. I do think he probably will be the better player. Um, I do think, though, that Jalen Green is going to be the rookie of the year, and I think it's just going to be the Rockets are a young team. They're going to be running. They're going to be, you know, the ball isn't always going to be in Jalen Green's hands, 
but he's going to be the one finishing plays. He's going to be the one scoring where I think they want to use Kate as a point guard. They want to use him as a playmaker. He might be the one, you know, ending games as a scorer, but I do think that a lot of it is going to be left off to his teammates. And this is a statistics like award, basically like it's how, how are your box score stats? And if Cade Cunningham's out there trying to get assists by passing it to Killian Hayes, not a lot of assists are going to be coming your way. And so <laughs> I think – I just think that, like, Jalen Green will probably be keeping up. I do think the Rockets will be a better team than the Pistons as well, and we do see that kind of come into the argument every once in a while. Um, I personally think the Rockets are going to be around the 10th to 13th seed next year. I do see okay. the Pistons still, like, one of the worst teams in the East. Um, and so – I just think with all of that kind of combined, I think Jalen Green has a better chance to be rookie of the year. Um, I will say, though, that I think both long-term are going to be, like, right there neck and neck, and I really hope that they become, like, a rivalry. Like, um, there's already a bit of, like, drama between, like, Rockets fans and Pistons fans, which I, it's funny. Like, I think both should be, like, very happy with the people they got. Um, but... I am very like excited just to kind of see both of those guys play, uh, but especially Jalen Green. Got to see him a couple times in summer league, and uh, it it's a show. He he puts on a show. Yeah, you 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 know Nima, you you bringing up that you got to see him a bit at summer league. You know, I used to, I used to work at this gym over here. Uh, I'm over here in the Bay Area, and uh, and Jalen Green when he was on, you know, the whole team, uh, the G, the G League team. Uh, they were practicing at the gym that I was working at. So every day I would see him walking in. I would see Isaiah Todd walking in. I would see Kamingo walking in. So I, you know, I, 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 I've seen that man. So that man is, is for real, man. So r- real quick, let me, l- l- let me highlight my guys over here, Jenner and Jay Hill. So, you know, both me and Nima uh, are very strong on the point that we think Jalen Green will bring that rookie of the year home, like how Nima mentioned, because it usually comes down to stats and Jalen Green is on the rocket. So he's going to get a bunch of shots, man, this year. So Jenner and Jay Hill, Jenner, if you want to lead off here, who uh, do you have Jalen Green rookie of the, winning rookie of the year? If not, then who? No, I, I do as well. I do as well. And I think it's because of what Nima said. Uh, I think, I mean, honestly, Nima hit it on the head. Like, Kate Cunningham might end up becoming the better player when it's all said and done. But when we're looking at just this season, what he, what, what I mean, what Kate, what, what Kate Cunningham can facilitate versus what, what uh, Jalen Green's going to be able to do, I think he's going to end up putting up the better numbers um, and ultimately winning that rookie of the year award. So I got Jalen Green as well. I think. I think it's going to be very similar to like the Ant Edwards and LaMelo ball type situation where like Cade might have the more well-rounded numbers, but like Ant just had some insane games and like put up like high volume stuff. And so um, I do think that the like situations will be a little different though. Like I said, like the Hornets were pretty good. I don't think the Pistons are going to be very good. Right. And, you know, flip-flopped with the Timberwolves and the Rockets as well. So I do think that those little factors are what swung it Lamelo's way. So yeah, and and, and what about you, Jay Hill? Are you feeling uh, Jalen Green as rookie of the year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Nima and Junior both said it. I think it's a lot of to do with you know what they're what they're going to be doing. Jalen Green, obviously, he's bringing that star power, like uh, Nima said, similar to Leangelo. Uh, sorry, Lamelo Ball, uh, who who won the rookie of the year last year. Well, Cade might have the better stats. Uh, Jalen's going to be in those positions to be a real star, take those, take those shots and, and be that guy for Houston. 
Whereas, you know, with that backcourt, I don't know if, if Cade's going to be in that same position. So definitely Jalen for me. Yeah, man. It's, it's looking it's looking green over there in Houston, man, for the future. They got they got a lot in the, in the future, man. So, you know, Nima, as we as we transition here, we're going to transition on from uh, Jalen Green. I got to ask you about a very uh, controversial player over there in, in, in Houston. And that's, and that's John Wall, Nima, you know, uh, we haven't really seen John Wall play more than 42 games since 2017. May I remind everyone it's 2021, right? So it, it's been a very long time that we've seen him play more than 50 games. So Nima, first of all, let us know, how do you feel about John Wall? Are you looking to trade him? Can you even trust him to get through a season? So from what's been like, reported so far uh, it seems like the front office like really likes wall like they really see him as like a veteran presence i personally wish he played any other position but point um like if he was like a wing or even like a power forward (laughs) that would be fantastic he's a point guard and that kind of like he's gonna take the ball out of a lot of young guys hands i do kind of want to see what happens with the kevin porter jr point guard experiment uh, that's kind of been going on. Um, and I think it just kind of allows you to like really play the young guys more because then you don't clog up minutes at the three by playing Jalen Green or Kevin Porter Jr. at the three. So you open up minutes for guys like KJ Martin and Jay Sean Tate. Um, and if you don't push it back to the four, you open up minutes for Garuba or even like Shangun and guys like that. So I think you got to kind of figure out the like balance of minutes and see where does wall play? Who is he playing on the court with? Are you going to stagger him and Kevin Porter jr? Um, like it's going to be a little difficult in terms of John wall. Like he didn't have the best season last year, but he was, you know, two years off of injury uh, hasn't played in the NBA in two years. And he averaged 20 and seven. Like that's pretty good. <laughs> like, I think that's pretty good. Um, would, you, would you say that's good or would you say that's empty stats on a bad team? I don't really think so because there was, there was a lot of moments that, like, <clears throat> he really was just, like, he was carrying the team on his back. Like, I think if okay. you watch if you watch those games, um, and, like, I know a lot of Rockets fans will agree with me on this we would be down like 25 at halftime. I, I really want to see the stats. I haven't looked into it, but like, what was the team that was down the most at halftime? Or like <laughs> the difference between like halftime and the end, like, and or like, like I sang, sang and, and game, yeah. Yeah. So like, because like the, we were down by so much in halftime so often. And then like the third quarter it would be like John wall and Christian Wood or John wall and Oladipo, John wall, but it was John wall and somebody almost every single time, like bringing us back into the game. Then <laughs> it would be John wall taking us out of the game by the end of the fourth quarter. So I think that is kind of the transition that we need from him. It's like, Hey, you're not closing the game. Like, do what yeah. you need to keep us in the game. Do what you need to be the guy who's, like, keeping everybody afloat, keeping everybody, in, like, alert. Be the leader on the court. Like, be our leader. But we don't need you going out there at the end of the game, you know, ISO, getting your own bucket every time. We got other guys for that. So leave it off to the other guys. And how do you think a conversation like that goes with a player like John Wall, who is, theoret- on paper, probably the best player on the team, on paper, yeah. Right. And you tell him, yo, you're the best player of the team, but I don't want you closing the games. I just want you doing all the work to get us there. 
How so do you think I, that goes over? I think, I think first of all, last year was very much like a test to himself. Like I can still do this. Right. So there, right. that's why he was going and taking over and stuff like that. Like, and I think he did, like, I think he kind of proved that he proved he's still an NBA player. He might not be worth $45 million, uh, but he's still an NBA player. He's still a serviceable, play, serviceable player. I do think that he'd be better on a team where he's like the third option. Um, and unfortunately, last year he had to play as the first option a lot. So I think now this year with Christian Wood, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, like two of those guys are probably going to be option number one and number two. So I think Wall is going to be pushed down to three or four, which I think is probably better suited for him, just kind of run the offense. Um, and I think he's going to kind of put him over Jalen Green already. You could put Jalen Green over John Wall already by the end of the season. Um, and I do think like in terms of like what the team wants, like they want to, they just got the second pick. It's time to invest in him. Like it's time to get, it's time to get him his touches. Like he come off the bench, but at some point, you know, LaMelo ball, same thing. He came off the bench for a little bit and then he, he took over and then he started being the point guard. Um, I think that'll end up being the case, even if John Wall's better, because um, if you go back and you look at what happened when John Wall first got drafted, number one overall, who was on that team? Gilbert Arenas. Uh, one of the best players, in my opinion, if, if, not, if there, you know, nothing had happened to him, no injury and also no gunplay, um, arguably one of the best players of all time. Like, this dude was a bucket. Um and like one of the best in the league at that. And John Wall comes in and Gilbert Arenas knows he's a little bit past his time and and somebody else is getting the reins here. Um, And they've talked about that, like on a podcast before together uh, on Gilbert Arenas' podcast and about how like he really, you know, was he he had to hand over for John Wall. So John Wall has been in Jalen Green's shoes before, and someone has done that for him. I think we're going to see him play a similar role this year for, for Jalen yeah. Green. He, he hands over the reins to, to Jalen, really helps him come along that first year or so. Um, I, I do think he probably gets traded at some point. I don't think it will be – before the beginning of the season. I think Eric Gordon probably is gone before the beginning of the season. Um, but I think John Wall, like trade deadline at earliest, maybe next off season, we just buy him out. Yeah. So, Nima, so that brings me to my next question, guys. So let, let's play, let's put you in Steven Silas shoes uh, for right for next, this upcoming season. So when I look at the, the Rockets, you know, lineup and, and roster this year, I see kind of a log jam you know, at, at the, in the backcourt, you know, you got John Wall, you got Jalen Green, uh, you got Jay Sean Tate, uh, you got Eric Gordon, you know, all, you got, you got the young guys and you got the veterans on that roster. So let's talk about who you got in your starting lineup. Uh, if you're state Steven Silas, you know, you mentioned John Wall and, and that, is he going to start? Is he going to be starting? Who's in your second unit? What does that look like for you? Uh, so I probably, I probably start John Wall at the one, um, Jalen Green at the two, Kevin Porter Jr. at the three because he's already played minutes at the three. And he honestly looks like he's gotten a lot bigger this offseason. Uh, if you've seen any of the videos of him working off season, this offseason, he looks like he's probably like 6'6 six, six, um, and like broad, like he's getting broader. I think he can probably guard threes a little bit, at least at the start of games. And then 
you sub out John Wall and put KPJ at the point guard and stagger them for the rest of the game that way. Um, at the four, this one might be a little controversial. I would put KJ Martin. Um, I love KJ Martin. I think he has potential to be one of the better players on the team. Um, I think he just needs to be in a situation where like the ball doesn't need to be in his hands. He can cut, he can move, he can screen, he can, you know, be in the pick and roll. He can be in the pick and pop. You can get him open shots. Like, I also think he can be a little bit of like a secondary playmaker, you know, make the right swing pass or, uh, you know, drive in and kick out or something like that. I do think he's going to be a really good defender. I think he's a really good help defender. And with Christian Wood playing at the center, who's who I would start center. Um, you kind of need someone who's going to be able to help Wood there if he's not able to guard the Embiid's, Jokic's, um, you know, uh, cats of the league. You know, the bigger bodies, they turn around over him. There's K.J. Martin to block you. That happened a lot this year. <laughs> like, if you're seven feet, K.J. Martin's coming for you. He blocked Evan Mobley. Like, there, I, I haven't seen him go up against a seven-footer and not block him. Like, and that's anecdotal. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure that hasn't happened, but just from like memory at least. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, I would probably start those five. Um, you know, there is Eric Gordon. Like, do you start Jalen green over Eric Gordon? I do think Eric Gordon's a six man. Like I think starting him was probably the downfall of the Rockets, but that's a whole other conversation. Um And then you also have guys like Jay Sean Tate, who, you know, was just second or he was just first team all rookie. Um, but I do think he's kind of someone who you can bring in with the second unit and make sure, make sure the second unit is like always going really well. And then you can probably use them to like end games or, um, if there's, you need a defensive stopper, you throw Jay Sean Tate in there. But I do think, you know, I think if the nice little mix of like vets and potential in the, in the, uh, starting lineup with with wall and wood there and then the three young guys i i that's that's at least how i would go with it yeah no i, I just wanted to get a feel of what you had uh, in mind for your lineups next season uh because because you guys broke a league record last season you know with, with 30 players for the wrong reasons you know <laughs> so uh it's, it's gonna be nice for you guys to have you know building towards the future uh, yeah with, with a lot of injury. you actually Right, right. So, uh, <laughs> so that, that leads us to our next segment um, that I have here. It's called the Clutch Talk Timeout. So what, what we do here is I ask you a question about who, who you have, uh, you know, down the stretch in key moments. You know, you talked about John Wall bringing them, keeping them in games and, and doing this and that. But who, who will be the guy next year uh, in, in, clutch, in clutch moments? Are you going to Jalen Green? Are you sticking with John Wall? You going to Christian Wood down low? Who's who's that guy for you next year for the Rockets? So I think if it's a game where like KPJ or Green or Wood have the hot hand, like they're putting up thirty or like even twenty five plus, I think you go to them. Like you just trust them and see because you at some point you want one of those guys to be the guy, right? Like you don't want them to not have that experience, not be able to see if you even got it in you. Um, and so I think you know, let's say. Christian Wood has 32 points and you need someone who can go and score in the next possession. I'd probably go to Christian Wood. Um, I think if it's like kind of like a run of the mill game, like no one's really going crazy, you just give it to John Wall and see what he can do. You know, he might not take the shot, but see if he can find somebody in open look or something like that. Um, at the end, like 
we don't really have anybody on the team other than John Wall who has like been there, done that in terms of that type of situation. Kevin Porter Jr. has had like two or three moments in his career where he hit a big shot at the end. And obviously like all the guys have been in close game situations just because they've been on the team for a year, but like nobody to the extent of what John Wall has gone through. And so I do think that like that experience does come a little bit handy. I think last year he just tried to do too much. And now that you kind of have to put the trust in your teammates, like you need to, because they need you to trust them in order to develop. Um, And I think the team is coming to that understanding. I do think that like you can, you can trust putting the ball in John Wall's hands for the last like minute or two, and he'll either get a good look for himself or find a good look for somebody else. So, so Nima, you know, moving, moving on to, to our next point here, I gotta, I gotta ask you something, Nima, uh, something huge actually that when I look at the Houston roster, I don't know if the Houston fans realize the gem that they have in Christian Wood. Do you realize it? Cause that man is going to be a max player someday. I'm telling you right now, Christian <laughs> Wood will be a max player someday, and he hasn't had the chance up until now. Look, the, the man's been in the league for seven years, and he's been on seven different teams, so he hasn't had a chance to have uh, any stability, anybody believe in him, and now with the Rockets giving him that stability, giving him the contract, believing in him, I'm telling you, man, I can see Christian Wood. He is going to blow up and become a max player. So do, do Houston fans feel as highly as I do on Christian Wood? There's a lot of fans that do. I will say I lean more like I'm like at the 80 percentile of like, I really, really, really like Wood. I do think that he can pan out and become like an all-star type player. Uh, like I do think that, you know, he will be close to a max contract player, if not a max contract player, probably in like Chris stops money type, you know, $30 million a year. Um, I do think it, you know, it has a lot to do with him staying healthy. Um, that ankle killed him last year. He was so much better before the ankle injury. Like the numbers don't even tell the tale. Uh, just the way he moved, the way he played, like that first 15 to 20 games of the season, he was dominant. And then like after that, it was just like lingering around. Um, so I do, you know, he needs to get healthier. Um, just needs to play bigger, maybe even get a little bigger. Um, and, you know, we just need to see him get more reps. Like, he has, like, not even a full NBA season worth of, like, good games under his belt. And I don't even mean, like, good, like, you know, 82 good performances. I mean, like, 82 games of you playing starter minutes, playing against starters. Like, we, we haven't seen that yet. So... Um, it's hard to kind of like be like fully bought in, especially with the Rockets going and like trading up to get Alperin Shingun, who plays the same position. Uh, you know, maybe you move Christian Wood down to the four, but like what's what kind of happens there? Um, I do think Shingun is like a really good player. I do think he is going to end up being very good. We, um, I've never seen a big man as flexible as he is. <laughs> Um, there's, he has pictures of him doing like the, like full splits. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and he, like, he just doesn't, I think he needs to get used to the NBA a little bit. Um, and so like, he's probably going to back up wood, but I wouldn't be surprised if like by year two or three, he's like kind of on par. Um, I think wood will probably end up being a four. 
Um, and I think he just kind of needs more reps. Like if he is what he is right now, I won't be surprised if the Rockets trade him because you want more than that, probably like, you know, 22 and nine and kind of dealing with injuries on and off all the time. Like that's not really what you need um, where like if he ends up being like the guy he was pre-injury and he can prove he can stay healthy. I think you have a really good piece that whenever Jalen green and Kevin Porter jr. are You know, 24, 23 years old and, kind of really coming into their own. You have this anchor guy in his prime at like 29 um, who can really lead, be your leader for those teams. So I do think it kind of depends on what happens this year. Um, If he's healthy, if he plays better than he did towards the end of last season, then, you know, we might be talking about Christian Wood getting an extension. If it's a similar season to last year, we might be talking about him getting traded next off season. So it just kind of depends. Yeah, man. It, it, Christian Wood, he, you know, he, he could go up, he could go down. I, but, man, I just the, – the way that I see the league transitioning into, you know, it's that uh, you, all teams really have that versatile big to run a pick and roll and throw the lob. And that Christian Wood is a perfect big to run that pick and roll and, yeah. throw, and throw the lob too. He's also a, a, a good defender, man. You know what I'm saying? He could, he could be out there uh, holding it down and helping the Rockets because, I mean, as we know, like the Rockets hasn't been known for – to be the greatest, you know, the defensive teams of all time. So I think that Christian Wood being a defensive presence and the lob threat, I I think that that, that that could be huge over there in a, in Houston, but Nima, I want to ask you about a player that we, we mentioned earlier and you, you, so you talked a little bit about Kevin Porter Jr. You said experience, experience, seeing him at the one uh um, I know he last year he got a couple minutes at the three you uh, like how you said he's put on he's put on a couple of weights so he might even be able to guard threes and fours like throughout throughout the season but you know what I want to ask you Nima is do do you really believe in in Kevin in, in Kevin Porter to the point where you're willing to you're willing to like if you got if you got um okay here's a hypothetical if you got a trade for let's say a Pascal Siakam type player right that that level type of player but they wanted uh they wanted a Kevin Porter Jr. in return you know Kevin Porter Jr. isn't Pascal right now but I mean I think Pascal has kind of reached the ceiling I don't I don't see Pascal coming down court and doing anything else that more than he's doing right now and Kevin Porter man like he's got a tremendous ceiling so would you be willing to, you know, uh, sacrifice that for uh, for a player of that caliber, you know, a Pascal or, or players like that? So I'm personally in the camp of, like, I wouldn't trade any of our young guys uh, other unless it's, like, an upgrade for another young guy. Um, like, if we're trading for, like, a 24, 25-year-old who – or not, not even 24, 25, but if we're trading for, like, a 26 or 27-year-old who's, like, a borderline all-star um, – just to like see if we can make like a playoff push. Like I would prefer the result be like, like there's some Rockets fans who don't want to make the play in. I don't want to make the play in if it means we traded one of our young guys to make the play in. I do want to make the play in if we kept the exact same roster and it's like, oh, we made the play in. Like that means somebody was way better than we expected them to be. <laughs> like that means something happened with this team that we were like, Nobody was really expecting this to happen by the end of the season. And that's why we ended up at the ninth seed. And this is why we ended up at the 10th seed. Like that's what I would prefer rather than being like, Oh, we traded like KPJ and like Eric Gordon and this guy and this guy. And we brought back like Pascal Siakam, for example. Um, And then like, we got the ninth seed because of that. Like, I feel like that 
is not very satisfying. In terms of Kevin Porter Jr., like I really like him. Um, there was a couple of polls that were running around in Rocket Twitter. Um, Xavier Thibodeau, he had one um, at the Iceman, one twenty or one seventy one, I think. Um, but he he's also putting out good content too. If you guys want to check out Rocket stuff, um, but he had a poll that was like, "Who's your favorite Rockets player?" Um, like who's your favorite person on the on the roster? And like Kevin Porter Jr. like swept that, and I was like, I'm surprised more people don't like Jalen Green. I'm surprised. Like my my like, I think my favorite is Jalen Green, and then my second favorite is KJ Martin. And like nobody even said KJ Martin, and I was like, damn, it's like people love Kevin Porter Jr. in Houston. Um, and I love him too. I think he's going to be a really really good player. I think he has a lot of tools. I think he's super talented. Um, I'm really excited to kind of see this point guard project that they're doing with him. Uh, see if he can actually play the point guard. He had some good assist games. He had, he's a really nice passer, but like, is that something that we can expect him to do constantly, especially next to Jalen Green? Um, that's something that I'm kind of like looking forward to see, or is he going to have to kind of be like a two or a three, you know, guarding wings, playing against wings? Um, but I do think he's going to be part of the team kind of long term. Like, he's really talented, man. Like, and the, there's the red flags and stuff, but since he's been to Houston, like nothing has really happened. Um, you know, he went to Mexico and took some pictures that made him look like wild, but he's a wild kid. Like there's, that's nothing that nobody doesn't know. And then um, like this, the stuff that happened at the strip club in Miami uh, where he got fined, but he was like, Sterling Brown was going to, like, he saved a life. Like, Kevin Porter Jr. saved a life with that. And they were only at the strip club because it was Kelly Olenek's birthday. Uh, and, you know, he's back in Miami, so I understand. Um, <laughs> and and so, like, I don't really see the character issues really becoming a thing. Like, people don't know who John Lucas is. Like, this dude has made a career out of dealing with Kevin Porter Jr.'s. Like <laughs> he he's had many Kevin Porter Juniors walk through his door and walk out of his door. Like this is just, like I I do think that he's the perfect kind of coach to kind of be in uh, KPJ's ear. Um, he does remind me a lot of Steve Francis, which is a little unfortunate because Steve Francis is another guy who had those character issues, had that like kind of like on court flair that just made you fall in love with his play style, but eventually just kind of like. It, it doesn't fit with what the team wants to do. Um, and that's kind of the way I'm afraid this Rockets team might fall to. Um, but I don't think he's going to be the odd man out. I, I do think the odd man out would it probably end up being a guy like Christian Wood. Um, but I, I, there's also, you know, the world that Kevin Porter Jr., like let's say he just doesn't mesh well with Jalen Green. Um, but like I think you get these young, vibrant personalities and, you know, KPJ, Jalen Green, KJ Martin, even Christian Wood. Um, the like the 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 vibes in Houston are fantastic. Um, and I think that's like another thing that like with Evan Mobley, that like just kind of touching back on that, like uh his dad was a coach at USC. So his dad was there when Kevin Porter Jr. was doing whatever the hell he was doing at USC. So, you know, you have a little bit of bad blood there and everything. If you bring a guy like Evan Mobley into the team, like you're kind of pushing out the chance of, you know, giving KPJ really like his, 
like the, I think if, if any team is going to get him to work out, it's the Houston Rockets just because of the, like the coaching staff we have around him. So like, I think he's going to be really good. He's probably one of my favorite players. And I think he's probably the second most talented guy on the roster outside of Jalen green. Um, I just think, you know, he needs to practice. He needs to get there and he needs the touches. I think that, you know, starting at the beginning of the year, how I said earlier, like options one, two, and three. Option one is probably going to be Christian Wood. I do think option two should be Kevin Porter Jr. right off the bat. Um, and then probably three wall and four Jalen Green. But, um, you know, we'll see if KPJ stays there at two. He could be the number one option by the end of the year. Like, you never know. This dude dropped 50 on Drew Holiday. Like, not many people can say that. Like ever, That's true. not many people ever can say that. Thanks. So, Nima, let me ask you a question. So, um, and I'm reaching back here to the beginning of the episode. So, you know, you remember when I when I opened, I kind of said, you know, the Rockets have been a polarizing team because a couple of years ago they were, you know, they were fighting for a title. I mean, uh, I'm obviously, you know, I don't know if you know Jay Hill's a big Warriors fan, so obviously there was a lot of back and forth yeah. there <laughs> back in the, uh, the the CP3 James Harden days, but um, anyway. I think one of the big two turning, the two big turning points for uh, the Rockets going from where they were to where they are now was obviously the James Harden trade. But I think another one that maybe is less talked about is their attempt at going at small ball, right? So they shipped out, uh, they shipped out Clint Capella, and that's actually what I wanted to ask because I think, I mean, did they get? I think it was Robert Covington and and then some picks back. Um, but um, I want to know what you thought about that trade, as that that's kind of what set forth in motion the events that led to small ball, ultimately the failure of small ball, uh, which led to then trading, you know, Russell Westbrook for John Wall. I mean, it was just a domino effect, right? I don't even know yeah. what it had to do with Harden's exit. So, but I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, man. I loved Capella. I love Capella. Like this year in the, in the playoffs, like I'm sure you guys had noticed at one point that there was like a lot of rockets, like former rockets in the playoffs. Like they, there was a whole thing about how like PJ Tucker had to go through his entire starting five to get to his ring. Um, Pelicans too, by the way. Yeah. And, 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 And so like, like with a guy like with Clint Capella, like, especially the way he played in Atlanta this year. I was like, ah, God damn it. Like <laughs> this is the one thing we need is like a, a really good rim protector. Like that's the one thing we're kind of missing. Um, right. And he was young. Like he's 25, like 26 now. Like he, he's still the same age as Christian Wood. And, you know, people say you probably couldn't have like gone Christian Wood because there is the whole, like it started off as, Capella and a pick for Covington and then Covington for two picks and Ariza and then Ariza and a pick for Christian Wood and a pick. Um, and so like everything works out. You ended up trading Clint Capella for Christian Wood. Um, but I do think like kind of going back on that trade and I always kind of harp at this is like, they should have really tried to get a deal done with Eric Gordon instead. Um is it Eric or Aaron? <laughs> Eric, Eric Gordon. Eric, okay. And like kind of get Eric Gordon out there and keep uh Clint Capella. But there was a whole thing of like how Clint Capella and Russ couldn't mesh. I didn't understand that because Russ just played with Steven Adams and like made Steven Adams look amazing. Yeah. Um and so like how was that like how how can Russ not play with a more athletic center and Clint Capella? Um that was very unfortunate when he got traded because you lost a huge part of your offense 
which was the pick and roll with Harden and Capella. And I don't think I like you lose a lot of your like threat as an offense whenever you do something like that. Um, and so like, I do think it was, it's like, that was really, really tough. Um, and then you went small and I think there was like also some subtle, like just really small things throughout the season that like kind of crippled everything. Like we needed a big man in there desperately and you know, you, you made small trades that like, like, and not, not that he would have helped against the Lakers whatsoever, but you chose Chris Clemens, a five foot nine point guard over seven foot tall Isaiah Hartenstein, who at the beginning of the season had like a 17 and 16 game and then followed it up with like another 15 and 15 game. And there was people saying to start him over Capella. Like it, like he was doing pretty well. You stopped playing him completely. Like, I think this is something that like the Rockets front office just like has had problems with before. They kind of did the same thing with Mason Jones this year, but that there was some other stuff that happened with that. Um, but like they, you know, they just kind of stopped playing him games. He kind of lost his mojo and he didn't really play much after that. And he got cut. Same thing happened with Isaiah Hartenstein. So it just kind of like, you know, you did a couple bad moves here and there, and then you, you're relying on a 35-year-old P.J. Tucker to lock up Anthony Davis. Uh, you don't have anybody who could really guard LeBron other than Eric Gordon, who's on his, like, fourth knee surgery of his career. Like, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, God. And, you know, the real domino effect is maybe we hit a couple threes in 2017-2018 and we don't decide to throw everything in the fire a couple of years later. <laughs> um, you know, maybe Scott Foster makes a couple of nice calls and <laughs> things go a different way. Um, maybe Chris Paul doesn't go down, you know, like there's a lot of, you know, ifs ands that kind of go in Rockets history, which is unfortunate. I hates to like, you hate to be the team. That's like, Oh, if this happened, you know? Um, but that's just kind of how things worked out with like the entire James Harden era. And uh, there's some people that have hope that he comes back to the Rockets one day uh, after the Nets thing. I do think it would be cool, especially because uh, he just had James Harden weekend back, uh, like James Harden t- or JH Town weekend, um, which is like for his birthday. He had the softball game, and Kevin Porter Jr. was out there. Jalen Green was out there. Josh Christopher was out there. Like he was taking pictures with all the rookies, hanging out with all of them. So like, yeah, he's getting a relationship still. Like has a relationship with all right. of the like. Houston players um and so you know maybe one day he comes back after he wins a ring or something in Brooklyn and plays with guys like Green and KPJ and Wood in their prime and uh as like a vet I think that would be a cool situation uh will it happen we'll see but I feel like it's a lot of wishful thinking so yeah <clears throat> but I mean you gotta have wishful thinking man for for, for, your, for your team man so I, I like that Nima Nima, so as we start to uh, wrap up here, uh, these two questions that we like to ask here, these t- these fan interviews is Nima, you know, barring health, you know, we, we can't, we can't, we can't control health. We don't know what injuries are going to happen. So if you have a healthy roster, you have a healthy season, what seed do you guys finish in next year? Um, I'll go optimistically. Uh, let's say, you know, healthy roster, Everything kind of start goes well. I think like you know Jalen Green probably rookie of the year. 
John Wall has a more effective year. Uh, if Eric Gordon's healthy, that's huge. Like he's a, he's a good player. Like he just he's just hurt all the time. Like people forget he's actually a really good player. Um, and then you know KPJ takes a little leap. And like I said, if Christian Wood stays healthy this year, plays plays like he did beforehand. I think realistically, like you're looking at Christian Wood, probably a borderline all-star. Like he was a borderline all-star. He was in that mix at some point last season. Um, and people just forget, like he was considered a snub or whatever the, the selections went through uh, or like one of the last man's out. And so if he would have stayed healthy, he's probably an all-star last year. Um, John Walls, if he has a more effective season, which I think he will year two coming back from injury, like you're looking at an all-star, a really good player, some really good young players who can put up big numbers, like sort of at will and then really good depth. Like we are a deep team with guys like Shangun, who would probably be number eight or number seven in a normal rotation because they want to develop him or something. He might not even be able to be number 10 on our roster because we have so many vets still. Like we still have David Nawaba. We still have Daniel house. We have Daniel Tice, um, DJ Augustine. Like we have all of these like random players still on our roster that like, it kind of sucks because we want to develop all these guys and there's just like so many people playing ahead of them, but it's also like, all right, I mean, like, let's roll out and see what happens. You got to remember, these guys don't want to lose. And a lot of them, like, are in the part of their career where they want to get better. and They need to get better, like, day in and day out, every single game. Like, the goal is to get better. Um, I think we're probably looking at, like, a nine seed at best. And, you know, maybe you win a couple games, you get the eight seed in the playoffs, or you get seven seed in the playoffs. and uh, Or not seven, yeah, maybe you get the eight seed in the playoffs, and you – I think that would be a great that like if, if people would be upset because we wouldn't be getting like Paolo or Jaden Hardy in the draft or something, but like you made the playoff team after being the worst team in the league. Like that's, that's great. fantastic. So, but like, I do think realistically we're probably a 12 seed. Um, I do think like the Spurs are probably worse than us. OKC is probably worse than us. Um, and then I wouldn't be surprised if like Sacramento doesn't do a lot or like one of these other, you know, teams that I, nobody off the top of my head, but any of those other teams are kind of like in the bottom of the lottery every year. If if the the Rockets just kind of are a little bit better than them. I think we're probably like a 12 seed, Um, but hopefully things go well this season. Last season was the worst. Like it could have gotten worse. Uh, Like we had, we had a lineup of like Kyrie Thomas, Justin Patton and like, I don't know, just like random people playing together that who like had a max of like 80 games combined in in their career. And, you know, next season, hopefully like we actually can have a little bit of consistency. I'm hoping the karma kind of spins back. So, yeah, the, the, the good thing about the bottom is you can only go up, man. So that, that, that's good. So, uh, so Nima, uh, our last question that we like to ask here is Nima, uh, as a, uh, as a Rockets fan, if you could give us one word or one phrase to describe how you feel about last season, and then one word or one phrase about how you feel about this upcoming season. All right. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one word for last season. Um, I guess I'll say a phrase. It's over. (laughs) It's over. Don't got to worry about it anymore. Um, 
that was tough to watch, especially after like watching James Harden, who like, I don't know if you don't like him. If you don't like watching him, it's because you're on the other side. Like I would hate watching my team get dropped 60 on as well. Like that sucks. Um, especially whenever like your favorite player is getting crossed up on a nightly basis. Whenever you're watching James Harden though, and you're like actually appreciating him, that dude's insane to watch. Like, yeah, he has his frustrating moments, but man, like the good moments were so much better. So last year watching like Jay Sean Tate go ISO, um, it was a little bit of like change of pace. Uh, and no, no disrespect to Jay Sean Tate. I love Jay Sean Tate. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I guess a word for this season, um, I'll say ready, like ready. These guys are ready to go. They're, they're gearing up. Like Jalen Green's ready to go out there and kick some ass. Like Ken Porter Jr. is ready to go out there and kick some ass. Christian Wood, like John Wall, like the fans. The fans are ready, man. Like we watched like. Nima's ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. Like I'm excited. I'm super excited. Like I'm not going to be in Houston, but I'm going to try and catch all the games that are up in the Northeast. Um, you know, we went through all that like annoying games in and out, like sitting and watching and supporting and watching us get blown out <laughs> but like ne- next year like you know it might still be the same thing but hopefully it's a little more fun okay okay well i i, I like your two words nima i like it it's over and ready man that that, that that's good so uh, so nima um we're we're, en- we're entering here our closing segment we do we have a little closing segment here on clutch talk called guess the player this is the way guess the player works nima um i have i have three players here listed both uh, both you jay you jay hill and junior you guys each have two guesses to guess the player i have a bunch of their accolades things that they did things that they were known for and uh, we just, we just guess it off. You, you ready? All right. All right. Let's do this. Let's do this. Our first player, he has the same jersey number retired by his college and his NBA team. He's a five-time all-defensive first-team member, a two-time rebounding leader, a two-time finals MVP. Hakeem Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There you go. There you go, guys. There you go. All right. All right, here we go. Next player. Next player here. This next player, he's played for four teams. He's a one-time All-Star. He's a Big Ten freshman of the year. This guy got drafted to the Lakers, then went to the Nets, then went to the Warriors. D'Angelo Russell. Yes, sir. Yes, oh, sir. Yeah. I was yes, still thinking. Yeah. I was still thinking Rockets players. All right, my bad. <laughs> I said Akeem for the first one, so it threw me off. I was that, like, that, that, that's I was like, like he went to the. When did he go to the Rockets? Like, yeah, that, yeah. that, that yeah, the, the first one is always throwing him off here. But all right, all right, here we go. Jenner's on a Jenner's on a tear, man. All, all right. right, let's let let let's let's do this last prayer here. This last player, he is a eleven-time All Star. A one-time All-Star Game MVP, four-time NBA First Team member, a seven-time All uh, All M- First NBA Team defense, a two-time. Yeah. What was that? Was that a guess? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just saying, damn, like seven-time All Defense. That's crazy. Yeah, that is. Two-time gold medalist. Uh. Rookie of the year. Okay. This guy has zero wings and got real close to getting a ring. 
Can I ask? Can I ask for a sub hint on this one? Go ahead. <laughs> Did he get really close to getting a ring as a primary player or as an option on a team that almost won? Mm. What is this? I think I know. I mean, you could you you I I, I you you could go both ways. You you could go okay. both ways. It, I, I I you could. I don't think he was a primary player on the on a championship team. Okay. But some some could. Um, okay. He's uh, known to be a, a great team leader. A is it Chris Paul? It is Chris Paul, Nima. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is Chris Paul. Oh, for Nima. sure, he's the main option. So I, I was thinking Tracy. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, Devin, he's the main option. Devin Booker. Yeah, no, no, no but but CP three. I mean, he was a starter. Like Tracy McGrady lost to the to the to the Heat when he was on that Spurs team. But like Tracy McGrady on the Spurs wasn't Tracy McGrady that we know and love. Okay. So that's why I was thinking like, was he a primary option? But CP three for See, sure. I, mean, he I was, was a starter. I was thinking Chris Paul until you said that last hint of uh, what was it the. The like, is he a primary player? Yeah. Or, no, no, no. It, it was, it was the, is he a primary player? And then I started thinking, like, is it Kyle Lowry? And then, <laughs> oh yeah, I thought Lowry, but no rings. And, and yeah, and then I was like, but then no rings. And then I was like, and also, and so I just got really confused. But yeah, I mean, Chris Paul. <laughs> okay. I'm uh, telling you, if Abe, hey, and and no offense, but if if he uh if he stays healthy, I don't think I don't think the Warriors win that ring. Um, <laughs> Ooh, Jay Hill. Hey, but 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 oh. nah, nah, but that's the thing. Like he, I, I whatever he says, I just have to take it because he actually got to see them win the ring. We didn't win the ring, so Jay, Jay Hill, <laughs> hey, hey, Jay Hill, rebuttal, real I, quick. Rebuttal. I can talk all my shit. All he has to do is just show me the ring. And... Hey, no, no. I mean, realistically, <laughs> the momentum that they had, it's hard to argue it, but. It's thanks, man. Thanks, man. So I think this is a good place for us to go ahead and hear and end it, man. Uh Nima, we want to thank you, man, very, very much, you know, for you uh, coming on here, making time. And as 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 we saw, you're extremely knowledgeable uh Rockets fan, extremely knowledgeable <laughs> and just NBA fan, Nima. So we just want to thank you, man. And for all the for, for, for all the fans, I want to make sure that you know before we sign out of here, all the fans go check out go, go check out your pod, the Gen Z Rockets pod, man. And go check out all, all, all your work, man. I'm gonna uh, for all the people watching on YouTube, I'm gonna go ahead and put your Twitter uh right there and write in your little bubble so everybody can uh can can go follow. But do you have any last words you want to say, Nima? Uh no, man. I appreciate y'all having me on here. This is a lot of fun. Um you know, always love talking about the Rockets. Always love talking about the NBA. Uh, I'm really excited for this season. The off season, so damn long. Uh, <laughs> it is a very long off season, man. So, Jay Hill, you got any last words before we uh, sign off here? Nah, Nima, appreciate you coming on. Great guest, and appreciate you talking Rockets. Jenner, what about you? Yes, sir. Now, I appreciate you, man. It was lots of fun. You obviously know a lot about the Rockets, so it was exciting to have you on, and just appreciate your time, brother. Yes, sir, man. So if all the if, if all the fans are gonna make make sure to go follow Nima, make sure to go follow us on our Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, man. It's at Clutch Talk One. I will put it right here, right in this little bubble, man. So you guys can go ahead and, and uh, go follow that, man. So uh, if that's if that's all out the way, then we can go ahead and sign off here. So we out of y'all. Clutch Talk out. Peace. After you take Brandy to the prom, you coming back to school with shades on your head. Literally looks like a jersey that you would leave out on the side of the street to get picked up by the garbage company like the next day. <laughs> Me and Matt say we're 6'4", but I think we're each probably an inch shorter than that. Me rounding up hurts nobody, helps everybody. Basketball tales so strange, you didn't know that you didn't know them. So listen up, y'all. 
It's NBA Storytime, available wherever you get your podcasts.